Hey, what's up? Happy St. Patty's Day. And welcome to another show. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing uh, a lot of fun stuff. Some more thoughts from me, as usual. We'll be talking a little bit about success. We'll be talking about... Um, we'll, have a, we'll have a cushy report on uh, how it's been going with uh, changing my cat's behavior through behavioral analysis. I'll be talking about a 3D printing report. We'll do a little bit on the year in space and some other really fun science stuff later in the episode. And since it's St. Patty's Day, I will be drinking this episode. So please enjoy as uh, you hear me get slowly uh, buzzed throughout the show. Uh, I'm drinking Brooklyn Local 1 today. It's a uh, specialty pint. Good 9% alcohol by volume. So it's going to be very good. Uh, Pretty good taste to it too. Uh, and that's about it. Remember, go to todayinspace.net forward slash home or this week's episode to use our Amazon link uh, and do your shopping like you're normally doing and you get to help out the show. Uh, a little bit of it comes back to us and it helps us do the science and uh, all the fun stuff we're doing here every week. So without further ado, let's get going with the show. Let's do it. In space. space. Welcome back. We're here drinking some Brooklyn Local One from uh, Brooklyn Brewery out of Brooklyn, New York. No affiliation with the show. It just happens to be what I picked up for today because if I can't celebrate St. Patty's at the bar, I'm going to do it on my own. And I figured I'd share it with you. So this week, I want to start the episode off by talking about success because uh, we talked about it on the last episode. And uh, it's something that I'm I'm really working on. I've been working on it for a few years, but uh, recently I've been really pushing myself to 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 go for it. I mean, not not to to stop uh, doubting myself and uh, and and just simply go for it. And one of the things that I've learned through some of the great mentors I've had and people that I've met who have really kind of all taught me that, you know, success is whatever you make it. You know, wherever you set your standard for success is how you're going to be able to succeed. You know, a little bit's part of uh, some some ideas of mine, but um, I think a great way to explain one of the things that's been going through my head lately about success is that it's, like, I think we all get stuck in the rut of thinking of success as something that's some level that you reach and then it's like, you know, like, I don't know, you evolved and, and now you're just, you're just successful now. That's just how it is. Uh, and I don't think it's like that at all. I, from, from how, what I've experienced and really what I think success is really more like is it's more like, it's more like waves in an ocean, you know, it's like a surfer catching a wave, right? When you're when you're on the wave, you make the most of that wave, right? Surfer's going to go through and do as many tricks and play with that wave and ride that wave for as long as he can and then waits for another wave. 
you know, uh, you know, if a surfer's out there and, and she only really has, really has a chance to catch one wave, she rides it like hell, right? So that's really how I seek success. It's, it's an ebb and flow. It's something that you have to take advantage of and capitalize on because, you know, you, you have, a, you have every time uh, an opportunity comes up, it's an opportunity for success. So if, if you can, number one, be in the right, you know, be ready to take advantage of success. I think, I think that's a huge thing. And that's one of the things I've been working on is, is getting ready to catch that wave, right? Getting my surfing skills in order, right? So that when that wave comes, I can actually ride it. You know, and I think the same thing has to be said about success. You know, I think people who become successful have that, that, that moment of luck and a lot, some people think of that luck as like, oh, they're just lucky. Well, yes, but they also were, they had luck because they put themselves in that position, right? They put themselves in that position. They got themselves in front of that wave, ready to catch it. And then the next thing is, can you actually succeed if you're given the opportunity to? And uh, I think we've all experienced where we, we had a chance, and it could be something like like making the basketball team or getting an A on that test, you know, it can be really anything and how you prepare for that is going to determine how successful you can be. We all think we can just pull the, the one hitter out, right? We can just hit the grand slam after not practicing ever, just walk on the field and hit it like it's no problem, but it doesn't work like that. You, you have to put the work in, in order for that to happen. You know, it's not just going to be given to you and we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of that, especially in this day and age when we've got so many things like like video games and, and the Internet and things that we can really like we, we could see how different people live and we get kind of, you know, jaded and all that stuff. But if you really do want that, the, the next question you got to ask yourself is like, if you really want to be that successful or, or you, you have a vision of what success is and you want to go for it. Start working on your your flaws your flaws are the first place your flaws your things you're not that good at the tiny things you know and start start focusing there you know you're you're gonna work on the big stuff or whatever you're trying to do whether it's sports music um science any anything that you're trying to be successful at um acting and and start building your character you know, because your character, what is, what is the, the, the saying they always say about character? Character is, is what you do when no one's around, right? That's the same thing as training for that wave, right? So I'll give you an example for me. For me, I, I have a very great indicator. We all do if you, if you, pay te- if you look for it. My great indicator is, um, is keeping myself, especially with all the things I'm doing between uh, working a regular full-time job, uh, and, and trying to get this podcast and all the music and videos and 3d printing that's going on all the time. The only way to do that is to be organized. So organization, sorry, cheers. Let's have some beer. So in order to be 
successful for me, I need to be organized. And one of the great indicators for me to know when I'm, I'm, I'm losing that wave is my room, my bedroom. My bedroom is when I'm successful, when, I, when I'm organized and motivated and going after with, with all my focus something. Um, that's a better way of saying that. When I'm a well-oiled machine of getting shit done, right? My room is immaculate, right? The floors are clean, they're vacuumed, my bed is made, my pillow and towels are folded and, and not on my bed, you know? They're to the side so that I can make my bed. Um, and my room's just clean and organized, right? That's when I'm on top of it. And because I'm human, you know, when I, when I know that, oh crap, I got to start preparing for that next wave is when my room is just a disaster. There's, you know, I've got my cat Cushy, so so she loves biting paper and I, I just have paper everywhere. So, um, until we <laughs> fix her behaviors, it's just something that's going to happen. And, and I vacuum, but uh, when, when I start focusing on just one thing super hard or when my time's not being spent right, you know, and my priorities are out of whack or my time management is out of whack, um, my room starts going to shit, you know, and the best thing for me to do is to notice right away when it starts going down or even better having those systems in place, you know, making it a ritual, making it a habit. When I do that, do those little things in the day, they're these little victories as, as I'm going through my day, which then becomes this momentum that I have as I'm going through my day. And it, it helps you through motivation wise, anything, the stuff you're going through. Um, if things don't go right, if you're frustrated, um, it helps you get through that. And even more when you are in a good mood, you're in a great mood because you've, you've just figured out this rhythm, you know, and that momentum, if you've ever felt it before, that's that wave that I'm talking about. That's, that's your opportunity to catch that big one, you know, and every wave is different, just like every opportunity is different. And, you know, my, if, if you're really trying to go for it for whatever you're trying to be successful at, try to build yourself momentum. You know, for me, it's, it's doing those little things like folding my sheets and, and putting my pillow, all of them in a pile before I even leave for work. Like that little success in the morning helps my day out so much, you know, um, find your little thing. Even if it's writing, I say this all the time, even if it's writing three things to get done during the day, you know, if you just do that, every time you cross that off, it's such 
it's such a little victory that really it's it's a mundane thing, but you feel good for it. You know? And and I think that's what truly successful people have is they've figured out their rhythm. They know their momentum. They know how to create that momentum. And then they know how to capitalize on that momentum. And it's something, if you want to be successful, you'll you'll learn along the way. I'm still learning it. But that's that's the key. I'm I'm still learning. So whatever you're doing, whatever you're working on, even if it's frustrating and it's not working right now, stick to it. Keep working at it. Change it up from time to time if you need to. And find that momentum. Ride that wave. And you'll find success. I guarantee you. Now, let's move on to the year in space and, and, and look in and check on Scott Kelly. You know, as he's been back on Earth a little while now and has been going through tests between uh, continuing his, his test for the year in space. You know, they're going to be checking his microbiome, his bone densities. He was in an, uh, um, an MRI the other day uh, or an X-ray. I actually don't know which one's which. I haven't had, yeah, I, I don't know which one's which. But anyway, they're checking his bone density. Um, and uh, he's he's just had some uh, great picks about him just, you know, saying the things he's thankful for, that he's, he's, he's happy to experience back on Earth, that after a year of being on a space station orbiting the Earth, just like little things like last week we talked about the rainfall he had and um, he was talking about the first dog he had seen in a year, you know, just, you know, it's like living under a rock, but one that's floating around the earth, you know, just, just craziness. But, um, probably the most important news in Scott Kelly's life from last week is that he's said and, and posted this letter online, um, talking about his retirement from NASA, um, and what I'd like to do is uh, say that note for you right now, uh, Mr. Kelly. I hope you don't mind. Um, so that way you can you can get an idea of um, of where he is. And I, I I would be I would be surprised if he didn't write this uh, while he was in orbit. So here we go. First, some beer. Lachaim. All right. On April 1st, I will retire from NASA. While I am leaving NASA, the journey is not over. I recently returned to our planet after traveling some 143,846,525 miles around our globe on a year-long space mission that aims to push our limits as explorers. Our universe is a big place, and we have many millions of miles yet to explore. My departure from NASA is my next step on that journey. I remain ever committed and dedicated to the service of human exploration and advancement, whether in space or on Earth. Following my retirement, I will continue to participate in the ongoing research related to NASA's one-year mission for as long as is necessary. I will provide periodic medical samples and support other testing in much the same way that my twin brother, former astronaut Mark Kelly, has made himself available for the twin study throughout this past mission. 
this year in space mission was a profound challenge for all involved that also gave me a unique perspective and a lot of time to reflect on what my next step would should be on our continued journey to help further our capabilities in space and on Earth. I'm very proud of what my NASA colleagues and our partners around the world have accomplished together. I'm grateful for the remarkable 20 years spent as an astronaut with this agency and deeply honored to have served four times in the most unique, humbling place off the planet, in space. My career with the Navy and NASA gave me an incredible chance to showcase public service to which I am dedicated and what we can accomplish on the big challenges of our day. I am humbled and excited by new opportunities for me to support and share the amazing work NASA is doing to help us travel farther into the solar system and work with the next generation of science and technology leaders. I look forward to continuing my 30 years of public service in a new role. To continue toward any journey, we must always challenge ourselves to take the next step. Scott J. Kelly, Captain, U.S. Navy, retired. So a really, a really, I would say powerful letter from Scott Kelly. It's, uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's really cool, man. The, the kind of stuff I, 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 well, would love to talk to Scott Kelly at some point, but astronauts in general, you know, I, I think what they do is, well, just sheerly by the numbers is something almost no humans have ever done. If it was a percentage uh, it would almost, in every conceivable, you know, or realistic percentage, be zero, if you round it. It's, you know, I, I don't think we've had a thousand people go into space. I don't have a number on that, but it is a very, very tiny amount of human beings that went into space. But it's not even about that, it's about exploration it's about the journey it's about doing things that are to better our understanding of our own universe of which we are a part of but neglect it you know there's so much out there i mean pluto is an incredible example the new horizon mission an incredible example of what we depict the rest of the universe to be versus what it is in reality. You know, we thought Pluto was this frozen rock. Yeah, we, we assumed it was some kind of a system. But in no way, shape or form, in anyone's imagination, could we come up with what Pluto actually is and we're still learning it. You know, and actually, as this episode was being recorded i was looking um online and they actually have just released five uh research papers uh in the science journal nature i think it is um so five research papers on pluto we're finally at that point where the first pages of of really what pluto is are being written the book on Pluto is starting to be written today. You know, and that's all possible 
to people like Scott Kelly and his brother Mark Kelly and all the other astronauts and and really all the unsung heroes of science in general, space in this example, right? All the engineers, all the scientists, all the doctors, the um, mathematicians, the physicists, um, the controllers, all the people involved with launch, all the people involved politically trying to get funding for this stuff, you know, they've, they've all made this possible. And it was really great of Scott Kelly to put that in his letter. You know, that it is not just him. It's not just his journey. It's everyone's. And it's, it's really, it's, it's reading that just, just gives me such joy. It's like, I, I, I want to meet someone like that. I want to meet someone who's seen, who's seen what the, what the universe looks like. (laughs) Like not through pictures, but actually been there, you know? Um, as much as I joke about how, you know, nah, I'm not going to go up there. If I actually had the opportunity, man, I would go. I just don't think my body could handle space, especially not at this point. I had to do a lot of training if I'm going to, if I'm going to go into space. I mean, you know, they were up there for a year and they had bone density loss and muscle atrophy, uh, and, and they're doing what is it? I don't even know if this is right, but don't they run like basically marathons? It's like a workout up there, like on the treadmill. Like uh, I know they do deadlifts of some kind, but, um, or like power squats, something like that. I've seen those crazy machines they have on the ISS, but yeah, the, I don't think I'm ready for it, but I would love to go. I would love to go at the very least. I want to help build the things that go there. But in the meantime, I'm having talk about the things that bring us there and the people that are involved and people like Scott Kelly are are the reason I'm doing this. And it's the reason you're listening to the show. Space is fucking awesome. All right. (laughs) Science is awesome. Cheers. And now for the Cushy Report. This week, um, I had a talk with the lovely Sarah, and we sat down and talked about uh, the data that I was taking. She's very happy with uh, my data taking skills. Uh, I'm pretty proud of them myself. Um, but again, you know, if you're if you're new, we are trying to change my cat's behaviors, uh, the ones that are either an expense to me and just something that she could be trained. Um, not to do, and the other is something that could actually hurt slash kill her, which is the chewing of wires, uh, electrical cords. So, since I have uh, Sarah in my life, who is a behavioral, well, no, I'm sorry, she's a behavioral scientist, Um, she is helping me through behavioral analysis methods, uh, help figure out why Cushy is doing certain behaviors. Uh, what's her, let me see if I get the terminology right. What's re- reinforcing her to do these things, which is almost a hundred percent attention from me or just attention in general. 
Um, and I'm going to learn how to reinforce her good habits so that her bad habits don't happen because she doesn't want to do them because doing the good things gets to the things she wants, which is attention. So, um, we're doing that. Uh, one of the big things she asked me to do was to really take track of how long I'm, I'm, you know, around her. So, uh, what I've had to do is time things. And I've had a really hard time, um, doing that as good. I have this little timer, um, that I was basically placing right by my door so that every time I left, um, I would stop it. And every time I came back, I would start it, but, um, I would forget it. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I, I would go up and just kind of be in the zone and walk right by it because it's not really in a place to be seen, you know? So then I was like, okay, well, what if I just time the time I'm gone, you know, and then just keep track of the time that I start and the time, like I go to bed, but, uh, it's just more work and it just didn't work. (laughs) It wasn't, wasn't doable. So, um, talked to her a little bit and we tried to come up with an idea. And then, um, I just happened to look at the back of the timer and it's got a little clip. So now I've tethered myself to a timer for science. And, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do for science to get it done. Right. You know, you have to, uh, make sacrifices. Uh, (laughs) but no, yeah. So I've been walking around with the timer whenever I'm home. Um, it, it works perfectly. Um, but, uh, it's about as nerdy as it gets, uh, which is fine. (laughs) Sarah was very happy with me. She's, uh, um, going to come on soon. We're going to talk about, um, really the, the first set of data here, uh, once we've got enough for a baseline so that we know what her normal behaviors are like. Uh, and then from that, uh, Sarah can start to infer from the data what, if I've got this right, what really reinforces her and what things I'm doing. Uh, well, I know I think that's the next part, but we're looking at the behavior she's doing. And since we think it's attention, um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I have. I, I'm, uh, I'll have to ask Sarah for more uh, a better explanation, but, uh, yeah, that's been that, uh, she's been pretty good lately. She has good days and bad days. I think they're related to when I give her more attention, but, uh, yeah, it's going good. The science continues and, uh, we'll have Sarah on soon and we'll talk more about the cushy report. And now, 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 let's talk about 3D printing and the box that I've been making. Last weekend, I turned out so much work for that thing. Uh, it is 99% done. Uh, 99% done because I needed to get a new fan. And I also, um, what was the other thing? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I needed new uh, door latches to keep the door closed. So, um, got everything put together. So what I had to do was take, so when I built the box, when I first designed the box, um, I designed it to fit around my 3d printer. That's on a stainless steel cabinet. So I built the box to perfectly fit on the cabinet. Um, which is great. Uh, 
but um, the bad thing with it is it's just a little bit bigger, which makes it virtually impossible to get through a door. So what I needed to do was finish staining the rest of the wood, which, of course, meant I had to get it outside. Uh, so I had to take apart the box after I had already put it together. Um, so originally I was, I was kind of feeling like bummed. I was like, oh man, like I, this design didn't really work out. You know, I could have done better, but taking it apart was one of the easiest things I've ever had to do. And never mind putting it back together. So, uh, it looks like my design was actually pretty damn good. So I was very happy with that. Um, and then zip together the other door, which I decided I just bolted to the side of the frame. Um, you know, when, when my workshop gets put together here, um, I will have the two doors opening so I can get to the printer at pretty much any angle I want to get to. But that's, that's a ways down the road. The workshop still needs to be finished and put together before, you know, and then finished before I even consider bringing the 3d printer there. So, um, for now it's going to be here for a while. So I figured, Hey, you know, just do some nice holes, zip it together to the frame and we can put the door on later. It's not a problem. I just need it ready for now. Um, so, uh, we've got it all set. There's just, uh, like I said, a new, uh, I need a new fan. Uh, I tried to do it on the cheap. I had a lot of the parts that I wanted to use inside the printer. Um, but, uh, I actually ended up blowing the, uh, one of the fans, um, and the way I wanted to power it wasn't working. So, uh, it's a little USB fan, uh, which is a great little fan. I use it for like my PlayStation to keep it cool. Um, it's a great little thing and I thought it would be perfect. So I went out and got one of those electrical strips that has USB ports for charging, but as any anyone who's worked with electricity is probably already thinking, oh, Jesus, you put too much voltage and amperage through it. Yes, yeah, so I basically melted um, the circuits for um, the fan. I plugged it in, was really excited, and then all of a sudden started to smell burning plastic. And I was like, well, that's, that's, fuck, that's not good. So uh, I had to get a new fan. Uh, luckily, I only burnt the switch uh, and... I didn't actually burn the fan. So the fan's still usable for, you know, like my game system. So that's great. Um, just doesn't have the, uh, uh, the variable switch anymore, which is unfortunate, but whatever. Um, so instead I've got, uh, a great fan, uh, for computer. It's all, it's all metal. So I don't have to worry about, uh, the parts really. They're going to last a while. The bearings will go way before the, the fan parts go. Um, what else? Uh, so I've got a uh, power strip inside. I've also got lights that uh, can pretty much do any color, um, as well as flashing and strobing. And um, if we ever got a sound controller, we could actually put it to music. So <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's, uh, as of right now, being called the Rave Box just because of the lights alone. Um, and uh, one of the, so one of the big things about the whole purpose of the box is for it to be for ventilation. So uh, the fan is going to be really good. Um, I don't need it to be a super fast fan. I just need air movement. Uh, 
going so that the fumes can go out through the exhaust pipe. Um, so I, I got a, a low sound fan, so it's not going to be, um, it's not gonna be super loud, which it already will be because of the 3d printer as it is right now. The power supply is super loud. Um, but, um, one of the things I ran into was, uh, I realized as I was building it, that I was creating a vacuum seal basically on the inside, which is, which is good for containing the air particles, but really bad for pushing the air out because if I truly make it uh, airtight, then I'm creating a vacuum, essentially, um, which is not what I want. Um, now, granted, with it being wood, it's not going to be perfect, so there's probably going to be gaps anyways. But what I really wanted to do to make it efficient was uh, I have bought these little vents that I'm going to put on the bottom um, so that air can come in whenever it wants. Um, but with the air moving and, and, and constantly pushing the air up, really, it, it's not going to come out of those holes. You know, the, the fumes are not building up in this giant cloud of microparticles that's, you know, completely enveloping the air inside the printer box, you know, and, and, and the super dense cloud of particles. No, it's, it's, it's not like that. So a good airflow uh, even a decent airflow is is really that's really all you need um but i'm really happy i i really i'm very happy with how the box turned out and um i'm going to be editing the video and this is probably going to be the first video i'm going to put out um i know uh i know i've talked about the the first 20 prints uh before but uh um yeah i think i'm going to finish this one first um, and, and again, we'll slowly release those videos guys are just so busy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's no excuse. Um, but, uh, it's just lower on my list, but they will come out. I promise. Um, all in due time. Um, but, uh, very happy with where I'm at. And this weekend I'm going to put everything together. I've got a few parts I got to fix, uh, for the printer. Um, some 3d printed parts that broke just in the process it's not a big deal um it's just the angle mount for my screen to for all the options on the 3d printer um so just got to print out new ones of those and then we're ready to start printing abs we've got we've got to the the end of this uh uh this first project for the printer so i'm i'm super excited about it i can't wait to share um the videos and and all the stuff that that we've been doing um it's been a blast, really. I mean, I, I, I love all this stuff, and I've uh, finally built a box. So, yippee for me. And uh, before we get to our last segment, Stina Yasas. Some more beer. So to finish the episode, let's talk about uh, the most recent launch, really the most... Um, exciting launch in the last uh few months the esa the european space agency and roscosmos the russian space agency um just launched on march 14th the first of two joint missions to mars um this one uh exomars is on its way on its seven month journey and uh the 
big mystery it's trying to unsolve is of Mars atmosphere and what it indicates for today's geological or even biological activity. And really, I guess the big question is, is Mars slash was Mars ever a place where life could be? You know, we've had methane gas traces from the Curiosity rover, but it's been little wisps. We don't really know, you know, and on the surface, it's kind of hard to tell. But with the ExoMars mission, we're going to get a lot of data from the atmosphere that we just don't, we just don't have. Um, and one of the other really cool things, the first is the trace gas orbiter, which is what's going to give us that information about the atmosphere and the indicators of life um, from the atmosphere. But the other one is this uh, descent vehicle um, called the uh, Sh- uh, Shia Pirelli, uh, S-C-H-I-A-P-A. R-E-L-L-I. And what it's going to do is demonstrate key entry, descent, and landing technologies for future missions. And basically what it looks like is a a lander capsule. And what they're going to start doing on this mission and what I'm guessing is subsequent missions is test different ways of landing on Mars, which is, which is kind of brilliant. It's like, okay, let's, let's send what we would land humans in, uh, or really just try and land things on Mars because, I mean, let's be honest, Curiosity landed perfectly, but God, was that a fucking crazy landing. They green goblin that bitch on, on, on Mars's surface. I mean, it, it worked great and it's a, it's a testament to the engineers and their design, but wow, like, to find a different way would, would be very good, and, and trying this stuff out is perfect. So the ESA is going to send this uh, lander, sorry, the ESA and Roscosmos are going to send this lander and test out these landing techniques so that by the time we go to Mars, we will have a plan. And that's one of the big things that's finally being discussed in the, the mission to Mars is that it's a giant undertaking and all these little things need to be done all these little um technologies need to be tested and this and that and that's why the timelines for going to mars i think the earliest one was by buzz aldrin i think he said 2040 or 2045 is is the earliest that we could go there um which is still early i mean i would be 50 55 at the time so like that's awesome that's great um but we can't get there unless we start testing this stuff we we can't just one shot this we have to have a series of successes and build our momentum to mars which we already have we have tons of momentum right now with going to mars and people interested in space technology you know the recent movies that have come out gravity interstellar um the martian you know, these movies have been really, really great for getting people's thoughts on Mars, you know, and that's a huge step. Public interest is a huge step in space travel. It's something that that's one of the keys to success is public interest. So we have that momentum going, 
But the more serious and more realistic approach to Mars is actually getting us there, um, <laughs> which of course <clears throat> is is a ways off because the stuff we need to get there still hasn't been made or tested enough. So the success for that is is landing human beings on Mars safely so that we can land on Mars. And then, of course, return them off the surface and back home safely. Something that's not easy by any means. Uh, and at this day and time, impossible. But that doesn't mean it's impossible altogether. It's going to take a string of successes and a momentum that I don't think we've seen since we went to the moon. But if you're listening to this, know that you're part of that momentum right now. So keep dreaming and keep pushing forward to whatever you're trying to do. Because all that kind of momentum is going to help us get to Mars. You may not believe it, but, you know, having all of us be better and do better is going to help make something like going to Mars happen. Because science needs all the, the best people, the passionate people who want to get us to Mars. And if you're out there and you want to be a part of it, start working on your skills. Start preparing for that wave where we go to Mars. Because God damn it, I know I'm preparing. So let's do it together. Let's kick some ass and get ourselves to Mars. All right? All right. Thank you for listening this week. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Shout out to Roger Heaps. You're an amazing person. Thank you for shooting out to me. Um, and uh, keep up the good work, everybody. <laughs> Have a great week. And uh, don't forget to help support the podcast if you love what we're doing here. And use our Amazon link and do your Amazon shopping through us. And it helps support all the future science we've got going on here. Helps support keep the lights on here in the studio. And is going to help us do some pretty amazing stuff. And that's all thanks to each and every one of you. So go to either this week's episode or the homepage of todayinspace.net forward slash home and just use that link. And without further ado, no, I can't keep using that for everything. I can't keep using that as a segue to the segue. Anyways. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Spread love. Spread science. See you next week.